table. Welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWE AM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. Hello, welcome to DNA Sports Talk. We're bringing the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. 404-603-8770 is the number to call in. Once again, 404-603-8770. Got a couple of guests calling in. Um, one we're going to discuss, um, Minor League Baseball, a uh, book written by Mr. Andrew Sorkin. And then uh, we got uh, Ed from uh, Hot Speaks calling in as we discuss some um, uh, Atlanta Dream updates as well as some NBA updates. We also got college football, uh, NFL football. I don't know what what day the, the NFL plays anymore. I think it's uh, Monday through Sunday, apparently, because it's a game at 5 o'clock that everybody was complaining about. They also play on Thursdays um, <laughs> and Fridays. They're trying to get in on the, the MAC conference. Okay, and the that's what it football. is. Okay, because yeah. I was wondering, the only game I haven't seen is a Wednesday yet. We've had every other night except for or afternoon. That was, that was last week. The, oh, that was Wednesday. That's that right. Was, that was Wednesday. <laughs> we haven't had a Friday yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. But it, it's likely to happen. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you call in 404-603-8770. We're live on Periscope and we're live on Twitch right now. First time we're doing Twitch. Um, so hopefully everything goes well a little bit. Uh, running behind schedule because we're trying to log into Twitch. I mean, if Dion Ward can take over Twitter the last couple of days, we can try. <laughs> we can <laughs> we can try Twitch. Uh, Dion the singer. Uh, you have to go and check that out on Twitter as to what I'm talking about with that. Her I, and, I, I saw that. Her yeah. and Chance the Rapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I saw> that. <laughs> that was classic. Uh, but let's first start with boxing. Over the weekend, Mr. Errol Spence took care of... Um, What's his name? Garcia. Danny Garcia. Unanimous decision. I I don't know what's more impressive. The fact that he actually fought or that he actually won. Uh, back in October, he was in a real bad car accident. Had to be hospitalized. And it looked like his career might be over. And he was going to have to live a life where he probably wouldn't box again. But he survived that and was able to come back. This was a uh, the IBF and the WBC World to Weight titles on the line, in which he won both of those. Uh, 27 0, 21 knockouts now. It was uh, scored 116, 112 a couple of times, uh, 117, 111, and then um, 118, 110. A unanimous decision for Spence over Garcia. Now, the next fight. Is it time for Spence versus Crawford? That's the question. I think that that's the only reasonable boxing match that is left right now is those two. It is 
it will be hyped up because there are other fights that we'll get to in a second that are, I don't know why those are being hyped up, but uh, it, it was impressive for, for him to beat Garcia in the, the way that he did. I think Garcia waited too long. He waited till what, the 12th round, the last 30 seconds to start throwing haymakers, which he should have done in the first, at least by the third round after you figured him out. Is, I mean, I, that's weird to me. Like, I didn't see the whole fight, but to see that if he waited that long, what did it, it took you eleven plus rounds, eleven point eight rounds, rounds. <laughs> to figure that out? That you needed to do that. I from mean, the very I beginning. understand if you did that in the first couple of rounds, or you know, if you studied film. I mean, I, I, I the preparation for for uh, for boxing is weird to me because it's, you have to have a game plan, right? You would think. Yeah, you, you gotta have think. a game plan. Like, <laughs> like, are you watching film right. and studying what your opponent does? You may not have the same style as the guy he just fought, but you look you you're watching him and looking for tendencies. Well, he likes to do this. This is how he likes to attack. Right. You know, and I can counter with this. Or if I get here first, you know, there should be like that. There should be a game Something. plan, some kind of strategy. <laughs> and if it takes you like, and sometimes the guy will come out with something different, and it may take you a couple of rounds to figure right. it out. But it doesn't take you eleven rounds. To not figure eleven it out. rounds, right? I. I I really don't understand that because at some point you've even seen some trainers basically abandon the stated game plan to be like, okay, we're going to go out to something totally different now. This is the seventh round. Let's try something different. This isn't working. Even if what if you're they, doing isn't working. Right. <laughs> even if you don't have a game plan, which I hope you would, at some point your corner needs to say, throw haymakers. This defensive boxing that you're doing, basically, you know, a couple of jabs and you're backing up, this is not working. Just go all out. And I was wondering if he was taking it easy on Spence because he has come back and this was his first fight. If this, <sighs> if there is a title on the line, and Spence is is ready to come in here to fight. Why why are why would you be cautious? Why would you treat him with kid gloves? He's there to fight you. <laughs> like he wanted to get in the ring, and okay, this is what we do. Maybe he maybe he was feeling bad for him. He was taking it easy. But again, by round seven or eight, you should have been like, oh, this is for real. And we saw a little bit of that last uh, weekend in the Roy Jones versus Mike Tyson. Roy, you know, Roy came in. Tyson was like, okay, we're going to box. And it felt like a sparring the first couple rounds. Then it was like, no, we're in the ring. <laughs> this is an exhibition. Granted, there were concessions put in place to say, you know, we can't, you know, basically hit too hard in the face or something. Yeah, but there's a cut, we stop yeah, it, we no stop, knockdowns. Right. But you could tell that after a while it was like okay enough of the exhibition enough of the sparring i'm in the ring i hear a bell let's go at it what was also unique to see about that is uh tyson fighting someone close to his own size because for the most part of it for people who don't know mike tyson is 510 right <laughs> a 510 <five> <laughs> heavyweight you don't see that right um and so he's fighting guys you know six three and taller most of his career but to fight someone closer to his own height, I, that might have uh, that was interesting to me because I really hadn't seen that before. <laughs> right. 
and because of that, we talked about it last week. Now there is talks of Tyson versus Holyfield three, the trilogy. Would you but pay it, for it? Would you pay for it? If it was if it was fifty dollars, forty nine like, ninety nine. I, Don't I'm say not, fifty dollars. I hate when people say okay. that. Okay, I know. I'm just messing with you. Forty nine ninety nine. It sounds it sounds cheaper. It like sounds cheaper, deal. right? <laughs> That's how they get you. Nineteen ninety nine is twenty dollars. Yeah, but yes, but if pay they, fifty dollars. Uh, if it was the same kind of styles, the Roy Jones, Mike Tyson, as far as like the rules and all that, no, no, no. If they were They're really both fighting, fifty years old, and they still want to fight. <laughs> But Tyson has he he's gone away from that. He he's a changed man. He's no longer the killer anymore. He's still the fighter, he's still the boxer, but he's no longer that guy according to his words. So he's a changed person. There won't be anything close to a biting of the ear or anything or a headbutting anything like that. It'll just be who is the best person in shape at this particular point in time. There's no bad blood anymore. Time heals all wounds, even an ear. I mean, if they're still willing to fight after all of that, <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I actually think they're going to get it done. I really do. And I think that more people will watch that fight, correct me if I'm wrong, than the fight that is going to happen February 20th between Floyd Mayweather and one of the Pauls, John uh, Jake. Logan. Logan. <laughs> one I of the Paul. I think more people will watch Floyd Mayweather and Logan you th- Paul. You really even think though, so? Even though, Come yes, on. it is an exhibition. Yes, Logan Paul's only had two professional fights. And he's one and one. But Logan Paul has, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. How many now. YouTube followers? Is that why? His, his YouTube following, one, they're insane. <laughs> and... He has 22 million. 22 million. 22 million. Hey, Logan, can you uh, let us borrow a few of those, huh? 22 million YouTube subscribers. They're going to tune in. And a lot of them are children. (laughs) Even though they might be children who steal their parents' credit cards (laughs) to order the pay per view, (laughs) they will still do it. That's how they're getting all the apps and everything else on there, huh? Right. So, (laughs) and and they're working with with an app to, to, to stream it live. More people will watch that because of Logan Paul's fan base, and people will be curious enough to see is Floyd Mayweather going to quote unquote lose, even though it's an exhibition. Need uh, you talking about Floyd is not a real fighter. He is. He's not a fighter. He's a boxer. There's a difference. Yeah. He's a boxer. He's a tactician, um, greatest defensive boxer the world has ever seen. He kept his 50 and 0 record, which is why this will be an exhibition. <sighs> However, w- what's the point of watching this though? I mean, what what is there to gain from watching Floyd versus Paul? Logan Paul, get the right Paul. I don't, I don't understand from of just a viewership what what's the draw? Yeah, you beat up the the brother beat up Nate Robinson and that went viral, but that's it. Well, from Floyd's perspective, there's a lot of money to be made from this kind of event. A lot. Not not as much much? as fighting Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor he made two hundred million. He made two hundred million. From this, he might make he probably make like fifty million. 
50 million dollars for an exhibition I, I, he, I guess he, so. how much he gets of the gate um, uh, how much he's getting so from grand, working grand with total, that streaming service grand total what, what would you estimate 100 million dollars in at the end of the day not not quite but I would say he could make 75 75 million dollars total from this one exhibition fight so because it's an exhibition no titles are on the line no records are on the line for people who don't know so it's just a a sparring somebody's going to take a video camera into Vegas inside MGM they're going to have a ring and we're going to watch a sparring session between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul for $49.99. It's basically <laughs> a a boxing match for majority non-boxing fans. Because if you're a if you're a boxing fan and you're a purist, you don't want to watch this. Right. <laughs> this event was not made for you. Was a- <laughs> this was made for YouTube and TikTok users. So what so they're gonna stream it on YouTube, <laughs> TikTok. Well it's a it's an app called Fanmeo. It's a it's a streaming app that I guess a lot of celebrities use, or it, it might be like it's the only fans. It's kind of like that, actually. <laughs> Except not that. Greg, kind do of you have fans. an account? No. Uh, <laughs> an OnlyFans account? Don't no. answer that. <laughs> I do not have an OnlyFans account. <laughs> uh, I, again, I I just don't understand. You'd, I guess if Floyd wasn't such a, not taking anything away from him being a defensive boxer, but if he was just a pure boxer, if he was a Mike Tyson, if he was a Roy Jones who took the fight to people, even Holyfield, I would understand it. But it was such a waste of time to see him against McGregor where he basically did the same thing. Here's Conor McGregor coming to a completely side Another end of the spectrum as far as boxing from the MMA to, to boxing. And to just sit there and basically just jab, jab, play defense, jab. He could have taken McGregor out at any time. Well, I think and that, they, they, that's the problem. I think he did it that way on purpose just so he'll give the McGregor fans a, a chance Oh, you might see something because I haven't knocked him out yet, but he's not going to beat me. And secondly, the way the reason why I think that fight was made and why this fight's been made, there's no one on Floyd's level as far as his celebrity, as far as his fame. Right. That is also uh, that we can also fight him. Um, I mean, you could say Canelo, but. I've never heard Canelo talk. We, <laughs> uh, we know there's nobody on his that can compete with him celebrity wise, except for a Logan Paul, as you mentioned. So that's why we're going like, let's fight. Let's followers. fight a guy from UFC. Okay, let's fight a YouTuber. I mean, it's kind of like when um, <laughs> it kind of feels like if you if people ever saw you know clips of the in the seventies or something like that, you can see them on YouTube. Of like when Muhammad Ali fought uh, Bob Hope or something, okay. or like in Rocky Three yeah. where Rocky fought Thunderlips. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like that. It's a sideshow, but if it's marketed as a real fight, 
then, or or so, or just an exhibition, a serious exhibition or whatever, then people are going to tune in. I would give it a little bit more credence if maybe he fought both brothers at the same time. You know, <laughs> somebody that has more than just two fights under their belt. Even if it is exhibition and this person is in a totally different field of entertainment or sports, if they literally knew how to fight and has fought maybe, you know, seven or eight times, then that would lead more credence to wanting to watch it. Or if Floyd was an actual fighter, it would be interesting to see. Because then I want to see, well, how quickly is, is he going to, you know, beat this guy up? Can he do it uh, like Mike Tyson days when, you know, if you came late, the fight was over. Mike Tyson would beat you before the national anthem even finished. So if he was that style of boxer, it would be more entertaining as opposed to someone who's just going to be defensive and dance. I, if that's the case, they, they really could have this on YouTube and be free because there's no need to pay for something like this. But uh, which would you rather watch? Mayweather versus Paul or Tyson versus Holyfield? Um, for me, I'd watch Tyson Holyfield. Um, I'm not sure either fight would actually be terribly entertaining. <laughs> but for nostalgic purposes, I would watch Tyson Holyfield. Even though they're in their 50s. And that's the thing. Look, they're willing to get in there to fight. It's just like, you know, some people were talking about how the with the fight with Roy Jones was, you know, two, your two uncles fighting at the barbecue. Right. Uh, th- this will be another one of those fights. So if that's entertaining to you or something that, that's humorous or whatever, you should watch the Tyson Holyfield fight. I'd much rather watch that. Because they're, um, they're, will- they're willing to get in the ring to fight. Right. So if it's that case where two people are willing to get in the ring with each other to fight, then I'm expecting a fight. Either way, I won't snoop on the call. Either way, yeah. He's what, be there. Even if both of them happen, <laughs> snoop has to be. He's got to be at one of them, right? He needs to be at least. He's gonna need to be. Well, no. The well, he needs to be more so the at Tyson the Logan Holyfield. Paul. The Tyson Holyfield one hasn't been set. No date's been. Then set. no date's been set. Right. So he could do both. He can do both. Yeah, there's no way that they're gonna have both of the uh, have that in February because Mayweather once again has scheduled his fight for February 20th. So there's no way that uh, they can have the paperwork together and both of them be set, trained, and ready to go uh, for the potential Holyfield versus Tyson fight by February 20th. No, I, I feel if they're going to do it, it'll probably be it sometime in May. May. Yeah, I, I always say do it um, um, when, um, what's his name? Mayweather loves to do his fight. Oh, the Cinco first week in May. Yeah. <laughs> Just to show him what a real <laughs> fight looks like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, speaking of uh, fights, <laughs> um, let's go college football for a second. The college football playoff committee sent out their um, top four, uh, which was Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. In that order, uh, five, six, and seven was uh, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, and 13th at the time was BYU. Alabama, of course, took care of business. Notre Dame handled business. Uh, Clemson won their game. Ohio State won their game. They are now 5-0, but 
talking about fight them against Michigan. It's supposed to happen this weekend. However, if Michigan were to somehow not play that game because of COVID or whatever, because Ohio State is a 30-point favorite, then Ohio State will only have played five games and they need six to make it into the Big Ten championship game. Right. They have to play six and it only they, they'll make it if they don't play the sixth game if the league average is below six. Right. So they need they need other teams to not play too. To not play. <laughs> Which I, I think if, hey, if I'm Michigan, I understand that um Kurt Herbstreet backtracked on putting that out there as far as saying that Michigan uh, would possibly forfeit the game in some matter or not show up and play. And then everybody jumped on him and he went back and apologized, even though he made the assumption or had heard quote unquote rumors that other teams were doing the same thing as well, that they were not scheduling teams. Um, I think he was pretty much alluding to Florida State not playing Clemson even though Clemson, I think, had actually got on the plane and come down there. And Florida State did not play their game because of COVID issues. So looking at it from that standpoint, it is totally possible that a team could pull this off. And what better way than Michigan to stick it to Ohio State by not playing the game? It'd be the greatest thing in college football history. Forget all the whining about, oh, you play the game and that's not sportsmanship. What better way to stick it to a team that you despise, that you hate, than to not play them and keep them out of the Big Ten championship game? I mean, it's it's not a win for Michigan. <laughs> it's a win. Got, they ain't got one of the hardball, <laughs> but it's the closest they're going to get to it's beating cl- Ohio Exactly. State. He is 0-8 or 0-7. Either way, he has not beaten Ohio State. So why now? Why would you want to play now and lose – 68 to 3 and then that's it why not figure out a way and it is what it is i don't you know it's nothing wrong with being petty that's all i'm saying they they have been cleared for limited workouts this week (laughs) so the the less they practice (laughs) the more of a a case they have for not playing exactly oh i would definitely do it and I don't have a problem with them doing it either. And you can talk about the integrity of college football, whatever. <laughs> the integrity of college football is gone when the NCAA will sit up there and, you know, berate players for signing autographs and let coaches get away with murder and be able to move from school to school to school without basic repercussions. So uh, they'll be okay. The, the other big statement uh, from this weekend, I applaud Coastal Carolina as well as BYU of putting two 9-0 undefeated teams together for a game in a matter of three days. In 72 hours, they got it done. Liberty uh, was 9-1, coached by Hugh Freeze, which is trying to make a comeback to the SEC or someone else at a uh, bigger Division One school. That was supposed to be the matchup at Coastal Carolina this weekend but unfortunately that did not take place and BYU made some phone calls presidents uh, 80s got together said okay we'll fly out to you we'll play the game and one of the best games this weekend yeah BYU definitely needed another game um, yeah. because they're 
their schedule, even though they were nine and zero, that schedule was not the best. Um, but as an independent, they probably had to scramble just to get a season together because with a lot of these schools, having a season is important. And with Coastal Carolina, uh, I think they saw an opportunity um, to kind of play a non-conference game against a school that has also had a season. I mean, an opportunity for both of them. Football Somebody time. had to lose. It was a... Um, it was a really good game, and, and it came down to one yard. <laughs> right, right. It was shades of the Super Bowl here in Atlanta with the Rams and the and Titans, Titans yeah. where uh, the Rams end up winning and just miss uh, scoring a touchdown to win the game. But that was the best game on TV. Again, one, uh, two undefeated teams. Coastal Carolina ended up winning uh, 22-16. And it even had a little bit of chippiness for teams that don't play each other. And – I think going forward, they are scheduled to play each other home and away. So this will add to the rivalry that would take place. And by beating BYU, Kelsey Carolina will now probably get uh, a decent bowl game. They might get a December 31st game. I don't know if they'll move up enough to get a January 1, but they could possibly be on December 31st and have a good bowl game. Uh, we got more to discuss when we get back. Once again, we have Mrs. Norton calling in uh, in a few minutes. So this is DNA Sports Talk. This is 1100 AM. We'll take a right, take a quick break, and come back with him. Hello, this is DNA Sports Talk. This is Donna D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Make sure you follow DNA Sports Talk on Twitter, DNA Sports Talk on Instagram, DNA Sports Talk on Facebook. DNA Sports Talk on Snapchat. Reach us directly. DNA Sports Talk at Gmail. Our website. www.dnasportstalk.com Are you tired of eating the same thing every week? Then wake up your taste buds and go to the best Nolan style food in Atlanta. Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta has the best Cajun style food, specializing in seafood. The Jazz Brunch on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m is the best of both worlds. If you're a sports fan, they have several TVs and a great bar to watch your favorite team. Just be careful if the Saints are playing. Tell them DNA Sports Talk sent you. That's Copeland's of New Orleans in Atlanta, 3101 Carl Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Enjoy food and life. PatriotSoftware.com Accounting and payroll Keep your time and money Mike Gapple here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. My husband and I started a business together and I had no idea where to start when it came to payroll. And a friend of mine recommended Patriot and I have not looked back since. It was extremely user-friendly. Um, I was actually able to understand it and run everything extremely well. And anytime I've had a question, they have been so quick to answer and help me. Um, I definitely recommend it to anyone who is looking for a payroll software that is easy to use, user-friendly, and really offers everything that you need when it comes to something that's beneficial for your business. Visit us at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. PatriotSoftware.com. Accounting and payroll. Keep your time and money.
And now back to DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWWE 1100 AM. Hello and welcome back to DNA Sports Talk. We're bringing the facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. Once again, 4460387070 is the number to call in. 4460387070 live on Periscope, live on Twitch, and everything else apparently. Just, just type in DNA Sports Talk and your social media to pop up. But yeah, Twitch is the new. Actually, I told her we doing the um, the Dion Warwick thing. We after he took over Twitter this past weekend. Yeah, I, I looked at you know I think it came up with a better name though. Twitch makes it seem like something wrong with you. You know what I mean? Well, it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean it's mostly for gamers. So after you've been playing for a few hours, you, you got Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> It is what but it is. A lot of people are going over there again because they don't have, I think, a lot of the, um, a lot of the, all the stuff going on with Facebook and YouTube. Stop like, blocking stuff. Like this song that's playing right now will probably get us blocked on YouTube. We do not own, own the, the rights. rights to the music. YouTube, but it's uh, it's instrumental though. Still don't matter. <laughs> Sometimes that matters. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes it don't. Yeah. Uh, well, we have a special guest this evening, and on the phone with us right now. It's Mr. Andrew Sorton. How you doing? Hey, good evening. Good evening, fellas. I'm doing great. Hopefully you and your audience are having a good start to your week and having a good holiday season. Sounds great. Now, you're the author of the book, Nothing Minor. Give us a little background of this book, please. Sure. Uh, the book, Nothing Minor, is my current release, and it really focuses on my 2019 coverage of minor league baseball. So that took me to different states, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, here in Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi. And part of the focus is when you think about sports, to me, that's one of the hidden jewels. Not only because, let's say from a cost standpoint, because price points are a lot more fan and friendly, uh, you know, family friendly, but a lot of people don't realize the development that goes on here. So before people get to the big leagues in general, they're either playing at triple-A ball, which is a level just below Major League Baseball, double-A, single-A, and then you have rookie or instructional league. So the teams and players I was able to cover range from single-A, double-A, triple-A across the southeast. What was the most interesting team that you covered? Oh, wow. I mean, every team has their story. I'm going to say one of the more fun teams to interview was when I had to go to Chattanooga. Hmm. Chattanooga is actually the double-A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. So they're just two levels below uh, the major league team. And the two players I interviewed, uh, Travis Trammell and Tyler Stevenson, they both have a great story. They're both from Metro Atlanta. They grew up playing with and against each other in uh, baseball. And at the time, they were both at Chattanooga last year. Uh, Mr. Trammell was the top-rated minor league prospect in the entire Cincinnati Reds system. And Mr. Stevenson was the number five-rated prospect. And it was great interviewing the both of them. You could tell they were very passionate about the game, dedicated to their craft. You know, they just had that bond because they've basically grown up and played with each other. Um, as an aside... At last, during last season at the trade deadline, Trammell got traded in a three-way deal to San Diego. And then this year, 
in the shortened season. He got traded again at the trade deadline, this time to Seattle. So I'm hopeful that he'll get a shot, you know, depending on how the pandemic and all that works out in 2021. But Tyler Stevenson actually saw major league time this year in the short season. So he's got a legit... Both have a legit shot of being, you know, in the big league ball clubs, you know, with the Cincinnati and Seattle respectively. Wow, that's excellent. Based on what you just said, here are two highly touted uh, baseball players, but yet they're starting in the minors. Is that why so many players that can do both, that can play football and baseball, choose football? That's a good question. I think... Here's the thing. Football, obviously, you have the larger viewerships. I mean, the stadiums are larger. You see it, you know, put up there prominently, you know, college football, et cetera. But what people don't realize about baseball is, number one, you can play professionally straight out of high school. And number two, in regards to how the money works, in general, baseball contracts are guaranteed. So a lot of times, you know, fans get, you know, up in arms about football players holding out and what have you. But as you guys know, the only part of the contract is guaranteed for the NFL is a signing bonus. Whereas for baseball, unless you're a non-roster invitee, your money is basically going to be there. I mean, there's a couple of exceptions, but in general, the money's going to be there. And the career for baseball is longer. But when you think about it, does college baseball or even minor league baseball in regards to television and what have you, are you seeing it to the same degree? So that comes back to my point about it really being a hidden jewel. And hopefully, obviously, when things calm down, more people can get a chance to connect and engage and just enjoy the game. I have a question for you. Based on what you just said, how, in your opinion, how, how bad, if bad, did the Kyler Murray scenario hurt baseball with him being a top top ten draft pick with the A's, or their first would have been I'm thinking their their number one pick with the A's, number nine overall, and then winding up, you know, basically giving them the cold shoulder and then going to going to the NFL to Arizona. Based on what you just saying now, as far as the guaranteed money, the longer playing time, the longer career, things of that nature. That's a good question. I think Murray is a special case, as you said before. He was a top ten overall pick in the major league draft. But even going before that, in more recent times, Russell Wilson was was, was, forgot, a, yeah. was a baseball prospect. Pat Mahomes, people forget his dad played professionally Major League Baseball, and Mahomes was a top-rated shortstop. I, I, don't, I don't think it hurt. I think in Murray's case, he couldn't make a bad decision. It was either take the guaranteed money in baseball, work your way up through the ladder, and, and see where it lands you. Or, you know, with the case with Arizona, once he got drafted and signed, he walked right into a starting position. And he's clearly a very good quarterback. So I don't know if it necessarily hurt. I think if these, if these you know, college athletes, high school athletes, whatever, if they've positioned themselves to where they can't make a bad decision, I mean... It might have hurt a little bit, but then again, Murray, you don't know how long it would have taken him to get to the big leagues because, you know, we all know the draft is inexact. There are some people that get drafted a year or two later. They're fast-tracked or in the bigs, and there's some people that never make it. But, I mean, clearly he made a decision that was great for him, 
And, you know, you got to commend him for it. Okay. Once again, we're talking with Mr. Andrew Sorton uh, on his book, Nothing Minor. Uh, in the book, you give credit to what has taken place this year, which is the 100-year anniversary of the Negro League. Can you speak to that for a second? Yes, sir. One of the chapters, the closing chapter of the book, puts a spotlight on the Negro Southern League's museum based in Birmingham, Alabama. And a number of people might not realize they actually have one of, if not the largest archives of Negro League memorabilia, artifacts, etc. This year, and I know it was definitely kind of muted because, again, everything health-wise, but this marks the 100-year anniversary of the Negro Leagues. And what makes that league so significant is when you think about professional sports, that was arguably the biggest professional sport breakthrough for black athletes that really created that domino effect. Because other than maybe boxing with Jack Johnson and the Olympics, when you think about Jesse Owens, you didn't have integration to the level you see it now. But as many people are familiar with, um, you know, the efforts of Jackie Robinson, so people who saw the movie 42, and the great work by the late Chadwick Boseman, but people forget Larry Doby, who is the second black player. People forget Hall of Famers like Willie Mays, Satchel Paige. That's where they got their, their start. And once Robinson got that going, that opened up the floodgates. So historically speaking, there's been a relationship between baseball and the black community. Now, we don't see it to the same degree. And there's a number of questions that you can pose, but... But just knowing the significance of the league, knowing the significance that that museum has, and as a side note, even though they're closed right now, you know, due to obvious reasons, when they do reopen, just again in regards to price points, if it's like nine or less people in your group, it's free to go to that museum. And if it's more than nine, it's a dollar per person. And the beauty is the museum is on the same block as the AA affiliate, the Birmingham Barons who are AA affiliate of the Chicago White Sox. And the last quick note is that the Birmingham Barons, you guessed it, borrowed their name off the Birmingham Black Barons. So that AA team is still honoring and acknowledging, you know, teams from bygone eras. Excellent. And, of course, that's where the Michael Jordan played his uh, his AA ball at was uh, for the White Sox, as you mentioned. Uh, going back quickly, I want to ask you, because it was so hard to break through for blacks to get into baseball and having this Negro League, where are the black players now, American black players? How how can that be, uh, how can we get more of those kids involved? I'm going to ask you, they, they're, they're black, they're just considered Caribbean. <laughs> That's why I said American well, born. It's, right. It's, you raise a good question. There are black I'll say African-Americans, black Americans that can play. I think this, in no particular order, number one, investment has to come from the top. I remember Major League Baseball had the program RBI, which was rebuilding baseball in the inner city. And I think that needs to get a jump start. We, we sometimes forget, just like with a number of sports, there's an investment with baseball. You have to have the field. You have to have the equipment. And as you go through these ranks, like beyond Little League, when you think about American Legion, Babe Ruth, one of the early professional leagues, Cape Cod, that cost. So there has to be an investment to help see what can be, be done. Another thing is we have to amplify these stories. 
Many people don't realize that Tim Anderson, who is the shortstop for the Chicago White Sox, who won the American League batting title, he isn't from the Caribbean. He's from the U.S. And he played his minor league ball, like you guys alluded to, at Birmingham, the AA affiliate. Uh, we have to amplify. We have to do a better job of amplifying those stories. Same thing with Mookie Betts. A lot of people got acquainted with him, you know, for the World Series this year. But a lot of people don't realize when he was with the Boston Red Sox system, he actually played single-A ball at Greenville, which was one of the teams I covered. And before him getting traded, he was he won a World Series in 2018. He was an MVP in 2018. And when the Dodgers traded for him, they actually signed him to the largest contract extension in baseball history. He's the number two paid player. But again, we have to do a better job of amplifying these stories. And you guys know being in sports journalism, depending on the sport, I mean, there's a definite need for, you know, there's a definite need for sports journalists and sports outlets like these to better amplify these stories. I will definitely agree with you 100%. And I think sometimes when people say the inner city, that they, um, they, they sometimes think like New York in a city or Chicago in a city. But sometimes in the South, I remember growing up, we had open fields that were converted. The neighborhoods converted it to a baseball field. And then, you know, as, you know, southern cities now become more populated, those neighborhoods get redeveloped, and now you don't have anywhere to play other than going to, say, a high school or a college, you know, facility, and then that has its limitations. So sometimes um, it's still, in any neighborhood, it's still easy to put a milk, a milk crate on a pole in a, in, a, in a bicycle rim on a tree, and I can play ball. And it's, it's easy to put five on five on any street to play touch football or football, but it's hard to 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 convert something into that simulates a baseball, baseball. field. You make a good point, and like you said, baseball you have to have nine people. So again, <laughs> there there are there are some challenges that you don't necessarily see in other sports, but I think it still comes back to if we're gonna. If, if, especially at the very top, ultimately Major League Baseball, you have these academies and what have you overseas, which is great because there's great talent overseas, but there's great talent here. So you've got to be willing to make the investment. Otherwise, you can't say, well, there's a lack of this and a lack of that. But if you haven't made the first step to invest, I mean, sometimes you got to point the finger inward. Uh, you brought up talent, and we look at somebody like Tebow who has made the jump from football to baseball. Can you help our viewers to understand the difference in talent between a single-A, double-A, triple-A, and major leagues? Sure. Well, basically, what's ha- in general, it's not absolute, but in general, when a player gets drafted for baseball, they will normally start in what's called rookie league or instructional ball. So normally that will be a half season, let's say during the summer, and that's where they get the first taste of seeing the adjustment between playing on the high school level or in some cases the college level to your first tier professional ball. When they get promoted to single A ball, for example, the players that I interviewed were like a year or two out of high school. So even though these guys are like, you know, big, strong, you know, athletes. We forget how young some of the players are at A-ball. 
A-ball is going to be your next level of, of um, competition. And again, a different degree of difficulty. Double A-ball is kind of interesting because even though it's two levels below Major League Baseball, there are times that players will get promoted from double A. So, for example, especially this year when the minor leagues didn't play, William Contreras, who was with the Mississippi Braves, the double-A affiliate of the Atlanta Braves, he actually saw some major league time this year. And on the same token for the Chicago White Sox, Nick Matagraw, who only went as far as double-A in 2019, he got promoted to the Chicago White Sox, so he actually closed out this season as their starting second baseman. But then you have triple-A, which is a level right below major league baseball. So this is where you're seeing folks who are basically major league ready, or in a number of cases, if there's a major leaguer that they need the regular playing time, but they're not going to be able to get it on the big on the major league level, or especially when there's an injury and they have to go through a rehab assignment, a lot of times you'll see them there. So for example, Adam Duvall, who, who made a big impact with the Braves the end of the 2019 and this year 2020, he spent like the first half of the 2019 season on the Braves AAA team. And it wasn't because he couldn't play, because in 2016, he was a major league all-star for the Cincinnati Reds. But because of Freddie Freeman at first base, uh, Nick Markakis in right field, and then in left field, his teammate Austin Riley, who got promoted, he needed regular at-bats that he wasn't going to get on the major league level, so they kept him sharp at the AAA level. Um, but that's kind of hopefully allowing your viewers to get and listeners to get an understanding. I'll say the fewer the letters... The lower the level, the higher, the more letters, the more letters, the, you know, it's almost like a battery. You got your A battery, which is kind of small. Then I don't know if they still make triple A batteries. But, but, and, but and it's the hardest, the hardest the more, thing the to more, find. The more A's, the closer you are to being in the big league. Uh since you brought up the Braves, uh, what do they need to do this offseason? Uh, you mentioned um, that um, Adam Duvall is here. We know Swanson, Acuna, Albies. You know, it seems like all the the bats are there. What about pitching or what do you think they need to do? Because it seems like they're right on the cusp of winning the World Series. You know, that's that's a popular question with everybody I've <laughs> talked with in Atlanta. I will say this for Braves fans. Number one, they are ahead of schedule based on how they've drafted and how they've done their signings. And as you said, think about it. You have an MVP at first base, Freddie Freeman, who, by the way, played his AAA ball at the AAA team in Gwinnett. Hint, hint, you might want to catch some AAA ball there. You've been there. Obviously, Ronald Acuna. Acuna... Arguably, if this guy stays healthy, he could do some very unreal things. He is that good, and he's, what, 22, 23. All these, the Braves, and, and I'll tell you who else before talking about their pitching. Another player to keep on your radar, Braden Shoemake, one of their first-round picks in 2019. When I covered the Mississippi Braves, it was his double-A debut, and he was the first of the 2019 draft picks to make double A. So he only played three years at Texas A&M. Um, shortstop, third base, can do a little bit of everything. So um, expect him to be on the Braves roster, worst case, by 2022, if not next year. But the Braves, 
they have they have the offense. I think the Braves need to definitely add a starting pitcher. It doesn't have to be, quote, a number one or number two, but someone who can give them length, who can pitch them at least into the sixth inning on a consistent basis and keep it close for their offense. They need to figure out, I think they need to figure out their closer situation. Um, Will Smith, who they signed, not that one, but um, <laughs> is, is, is a pretty solid closer, and I know they flip-flop between him and Mark Melanson. But I think for the Braves to make the jump and and make that push past the Dodgers, because they can basically beat everybody else in the National League, they need to add a starter at the back end of the rotation, maybe get another starter who could be like a number two or number three, and maybe get another arm in the bullpen. So you think about how you look at the models like with the Tampa Bay Rays with if their pitchers can go five, they just bring out all these power arms the rest of the way. And the varying degrees, like we saw it with the Dodgers this year, we saw it to varying degrees with the Yankees. But but Braves fans, as I said before, the Braves are going to be in the mix at least for the next three years. And I think the biggest reason why is they you forget they locked down Acuna and Albies to those long-term deals. So they're going to, um, you know, they're what in their early twenties. They still have another five plus years to go, you know, on their current deals. So they've got a solid core, and you know, just like an arm or two in the starting rotation, arm or two to help strengthen that bullpen, clarify who the closer is, and as long as they stay healthy, this team can basically match up with just about anybody. Uh, help me understand how um, Freddie Freeman won the MVP this year. And I, I'm not, How did he win it? Yeah. That's a good question because honestly, player. I'll be honest. I thought Betts was going to win it with the Dodgers. I really, I really felt Betts was going to win it. For, we forget Freeman has just been consistent at every level he's played. He is clearly, you know, a team leader. The team, you know, plays off of him. I think, and he's, he obviously in the short season had a very good season. He is easily a top 10, top 15 player in the National League at least. Um, some of it might have been, you know how, for example, like Denzel Washington got the Oscar for uh, what was the movie, where all those years oh, it was clear he was uh, the best actor night. and he didn't get it. And then um, the movie where he played the bad cop is when he finally got best actor. I, I forget the uh, training, training day. Training day. Yeah. So I think part it might have been part of the training day syndrome, but no, Freeman is a good player. We can't – he is. He's a very good player. If you look at, like I said, what he's done since he's been the big leagues, he can field, he can hit for power, he hits for average, and he shows up to play. I mean, he is a good player. You, you, but I'll admit, I thought Betts was going to win. <laughs> and, and, I, and, yeah, I asked that question not to, like, knock Freeman, but I will say I think part of the problem why I'm surprised he won it because I don't think Atlanta does enough with their superstars and promoting them out. So, um, but they had the best team, the most exciting team. But we still locally no. That's the reason why I'm asking. The reason why I asked, well, how did Freeman win? Because locally, I don't see on the TV locally like, oh, Freeman did this today or Freeman did that today. Like back in the day, we would always see what was going on, whether it was David Justice or you know anybody, mm-hmm. you know. 
they had That's, some. It's a different way in how people consume. They had some, yeah, yeah, PR. What they what they but, look at and view. But you say Freeman is the best player on the best team, according to when no, you. No, no, no. I said he he was viewed the best player on the best team. To who? Because when I when I listen to people, they always bring up Acuna, the young like guy. I know, but like you said, he was the most consistent. Got, got you, got you. I, I, I mean, his averages were consistent across yeah, the board. Yeah. I mean, I know Top Acuna, five I, across the board. Yeah, I know Acuna, he missed time and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I, I get all that. I was just trying to figure out, just at the end of the day, him not being a household name, I guess is what oh, I'm trying okay. to I say. See. You know what I mean? Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're from the New Jersey area, so who's your favorite team? Oh, Yankees fan. Oh, I know. Oh, man. Fan, we, can, we, can, we, can hit, we can end the interview right now. I was, that little little league stadium y'all been playing in for since baseball has been around. <laughs> State, how, how, hey, did you, how did you become a Yankees fan? 125 feet down the first baseline. <laughs> yeah, ground. <laughs> but honestly, honestly, growing up, um, they were on regular TV, and that part of that bonding experience with my dad was we would watch the games. We'd watch the games, you know. Obviously, you couldn't watch it every school night, but we watched the games, you know, on the weekends. My dad coached me growing up. Okay. Um, New York was only about a 40-mile distance, so we did get a chance to periodically go to Yankees games. And I think for me, like, the, the, the seal, the seal the deal was the 77 World Series when Reggie Jackson, you know, won the World Series MVP. And especially with the clinching game, game six, three pitches, three home runs, uh, that was just ridiculous. And even, like, you know how players would do those appearances? So, like, growing up as a kid, like, yeah, I met Willie Randolph, you know, who had a long career and, um, you know, other players. But the Yankees are my squad. But being a fan of the game, you have to acknowledge there are some good teams and some good players. So, you know, like I said earlier, the Braves, Braves are definitely still going to be in the mix, you know, for getting a ring. And I think I, I really feel like their breakthrough is coming. They haven't won since 95. Um, they're, they're due. And they've got the squad to be able to do it. They're due. Okay. What position did you play? Oh, gosh. Growing up, you know how as a little kid they throw you everywhere. But my favorite positions were uh, second base, uh, first base, and uh, center field. I did catch, and I have so much respect for people that catch. I, I couldn't do it for whatever long the season is. If a regular major league season is 162 games, and a minor league season is about 135, 140, I could not catch. That is so much pounding. So when when you see a catcher like, you know, uh, sorry about that in the background. <laughs> but uh, so. when you see a catcher like, um, you know, like a JT Romalto or what have you with the Phillies, it's like they – for them to have the offensive stats when they're sitting there seven, eight, nine innings playing 140, 145 games, that is tough. That is real tough. All right. Uh, before we let you get out of here, thank you once again for, for coming on. Let everybody know once again how they can uh, get the book Nothing Minor as well as how to, to reach you or your, and, your, and or your website. Sure, definitely. Nothing Minor is available in hardcover and ebook. You can order on Barnes & Noble online, Amazon online, as well as Apple, like the ebook. 
Uh, local bookstores for those in the metro Atlanta area, if you visit Nubian Bookstore in Morrow, Georgia, as well as Young, Gifted, and Black Children's Books and Workshop in Stone Mountain, Georgia, you can pick up a hardcover copy. Uh, the best way is to stay connected with me on Facebook, adding the page author, A-U-T-H-O-R, author Andrew Snorton, Instagram, Twitter, author A. Snorton, uh, YouTube at author A. Snorton. You may also email me at author A. Snorton at gmail.com. And the best website is going to be my business page, A. Snorton CCS.com. And then click on the menu for author, and it'll provide that info. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one of the contributors. Well, actually, the contributor, Emery Rose Photography, based here in Gwinnett County. They've been rated best in Gwinnett Photography in 2018 and 2019. And uh, she did some major help with one of my chapters on Gwinnett, as well as the chapter in uh, Chattanooga. Excellent. Well, thank you once again for coming on. We're gonna have you back in a in a couple of weeks when uh, we get some starts. when it, yeah bef- well before the season starts when um, a lot more of these uh, trades and people get called up so we can hear a few more of the stories. Don't want to give the whole book away, but a few more of the stories. Hey, I tell you what, I'm I'm game for it. And again, thank you so much for having me on. And again, to your audience, continued well wishes, not only during this now normal, but during this holiday season. Just keep your head up and stay encouraged. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. It. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some basketball. This is DNA Sports Talk. This is 1100 AM. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. Jackie Robinson. When you hear that name, you automatically think of strength and courage. You think of someone who broke down barriers. It's time to add another name to those qualities. Cicero Murphy. Heroling from New York, he is the only black American world title winner and Hall of Fame inductee into the Professional Billets Hall of Fame. Did he endure the same treatment as Robinson? What motivated him to get to the top of a Caucasian-dominated sport and stay there? Pick up a copy of the book, Big City Nights, the biography of the legendary Cicero Murphy. It is beautifully written by his grandson, Tyreek Murphy, recounting what made his grandfather a historic man. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book for your Kindle or in paperback form. Make sure you go and read about the billiards Jackie Robinson, Big City Nights, the biography of Cicero Murphy. Hey, I'm Murfinetti. You can say Murfinetti Collection is the newest comfortable, luxurious, and trendy exclusive fashion line that fits its diverse clientele. From the music industry, to the sports world, to the judicial system, to the political world. To the average everyday professional, Murfinetti Collection is the new way of life. www.murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com. Once again, you can shop Murfinetti Collections at murfinettifashions.mybigcommerce.com. Or just six. 
The staff here at Real 1100 AM would like to encourage you to social distance yourselves. While you may feel disconnected, you can always connect with us at real1100.com. So remain at a safe distance. Call, text, or email a friend and tell them to join you at real1100.com. DNA Sports Talk with Don Stinson and Asa Brown on WWE 1100 AM. Hello and welcome back to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. Hey, what's going on? This is Asa the A and DNA. We're bringing the facts about sports. You don't agree? Say so. Really appreciate Mr. Andrew Snortston calling in, uh, discussing he, his book. Even though he's a Yankee fan. Even though he's a Yankee fan. <laughs> nah, uh, the name of the book is Nothing Minor. Make sure you go pick that up. Um, Barnes and Nobles, online, everywhere you can find it. And um, this website was, I see, I knew I should have forgot. It's A. Sortenston. A. Sortenston CCS.com. There it is. <laughs> uh, he was discussing uh, minor league baseball. Really appreciate he calling in. One, uh, before we go to basketball, real quickly, uh, Dick Allen. Uh, passed away. Real name Richard Anthony Allen, a longtime Philadelphia Philly and White Sox uh, baseball player. 1972 uh, AL MVP. Yeah, and uh, rookie of the year in 64, if I'm correct. Seven-time All-Star. Um, he's most noted uh, for basically keeping um, Comiskey Park, the, the White Sox, going because uh, they said that their attendance had fallen below 500,000 and then after he got there uh, they were in a pennant race their um, attendance jumped to uh, over a million so he was partly responsible for keeping them there because there was rumors that it were going to move to either Tampa or Seattle but because of him being such a big star and ingratiating himself uh, to the city it kept baseball in Chicago well two teams two, two in two Chicago teams, yeah. so um, he was not in the Hall of Fame, and they were talking about he will probably be voted in the next go round as a and that post. was the Veterans Committee. Yeah, that was the question we uh, could have asked. I don't think they're gonna vote nobody in this year because everybody yeah. that's up is uh, steroids. Roided. Yeah, Roided yeah. So that would have been a great the Golden I, Era Committee. That would have been he a would great have question. There. There. Yeah. There. So yeah. that's the reason. That's the other reason why I think no one's gonna get. Get in this Get year. in because they can go back and, you know, post hominis. Yeah. Um, and, you know, lower or just say, you know what, this year's a wash and we'll give it one more year, especially in a season in which everything's been short and every, anyway. But the thing that's weird is that you got to wait for other. If you don't vote anybody in next year, it's going to be those same players. Well, Jeter's up for. No, if you wait. No, Jeter's going in. If you, if you wait, time. if you can't wait a year or so you get another you get you but get some how people many, who, how many players is that realistically the way how many the, star uh, players would probably be like realistically two. the way these writers have dug in and talking about petty and won't let it go I don't know I, listen, until some of them retire or die off yeah, that, that's what I told people like you gotta wait for some of these older writers to die the or, older or, voters to or, die or, or, or you know retire or whatever but as long as they got a majority 
I, you know, I don't see people like Bonds and Clemens and, and those guys no, getting in. in yeah. So they rather not have anybody in to hold the integrity in their minds of, of, the, of sport. the sport than to, you know, let these guys move in during that era. And it was interesting. Um, in Allen's story, in Allen's <laughs> story, he almost became an Atlanta Brave, but um, he the contract didn't go through. Oh, so the Braves always been not buying bats. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Yeah, they've been doing this. And you can't have more than one bat at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they actually bought the contract from the White Sox for $5,000. That just you show uh, the landscape at the yeah. time. And this was in 74. But he refused to report and then announced his retirement. Oh, then that also tells you what was going on down here in, in 1974. <laughs> in the dirty in south. In the dirty south. So. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the Dirty South, we got Mr. Uh, can we call him E-Dub? Can we call him Edwin Powell? Can we call him by his government name? Or we can just call him Mr. Hawksbeak. How you feeling, man? Fellas, DNA, what's going on, guys? What's, what's good? good? How you feeling? Hey, man, just out here trying to keep these hands washed, brother. <laughs> <laughs> got your face covered? Hey, man, everything is good, man. I hope all, everything is well with y'all, too. We're doing good, doing, doing well. good. Uh, before we go to the Hawks, uh, let's backtrack. Let's go ladies first. So the Atlanta Dream, they were part of four teams with the possibility of getting a number one pick in the upcoming WNBA draft. And they're going to get the number three pick, the Liberty of going back to back like Drake. Uh, they already got uh, Anescu uh, last year and they'll have the number one pick again. Uh, with the third pick to make the earth sick, what should the Atlanta Dream do? I tell you what, they shouldn't trade it. They should hold on to that bad boy. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I saw. I mean, I was kind of hoping they would get the third pick. I, I'm not a big fan of teams holding on to that one pick, man. I mean, I like the position that they're in. You know, you're bringing back everybody. Hopefully, you're bringing Tip Hayes back. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure what Renee is going to do. So, uh, it would be nice to see some depth at the point guard position. Um, you can always use another big, but. Um, I think they're in a good position right now, man. I mean, I don't have a name for you, but I think three is a really good position for them. I think that's one of the, the problems, and Coach Collin talked about it, was they're able to interview a lot of players, but you can't work them out. So there's the pros and cons of, yeah, I can talk and kind of get an idea of, of what I need from a personality, a character. I have film. But I can't bring you in to work you out to see. And one, the season ended last last year, so we didn't get a chance to see the March Madness. We didn't get a chance to have those People signature names. Pressure cookers situation. Right. There wasn't, like you were saying, there's not a clear number one like last year. There was no doubt yeah. uh, Nesky was going one and everybody else was two through 40. Not having... A clear number one is kind of, yeah, kind of a gift and a curse to be the number one spot. Yeah, man. I mean, but that's what you pay your scouts for, so they're going to be <laughs> on their job. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know because, again, like we, we didn't get a March Madness. You know, you don't really know who the top dog is or who the top two or three dogs is. But uh, really pleased with the Kennedy Carter pick from last year. Hopefully yep. they can sift through that and, and come out with a really top-tier pick. So, uh, we'll see. Yeah. I know one of the things that 
Coach Collin mentioned that she did want to put to what you were saying earlier, uh, either in a draft or free agency, some depth uh, behind Elizabeth Williams in center and beef up that um, uh, front court, as well as the, as you mentioned, depending on what Renee does, if she continues to push forward with uh, social justice and that area, whether she comes back to add depth at the point guard position and in the backcourt. Yeah, the thing with, with, with Biggs is if it was easy to get one, you'd have one, <laughs> you know. Um, but but you, you, it's almost a must now. You know, you got Cam Beige out there. You got teams that are just, you know, uh, Brianna Stewart. I mean, you got teams that are just killing you down low. And, I mean, I, and I love E-Will, but she's got to get some help down there, man. It's not like, I mean, without – I think we really realized how much the loss of someone like a Jessica Breland meant to this team last year. But hopefully they can get some depth there because they need a depth across the board, not just down low last season. I mean, with COVID hit, that was nasty, man. They were running like six and seven, seven man rotations. So uh, hopefully they can figure it out, man. Let's hope so. Let's go to the Hawks. Finally got some a couple of practices in last week. There was finally, I guess you could say, media days. <laughs> That took place. Well, what was your takeaway from last week? Uh, well, last week, all the Hawks players, well, a good amount of them met with the media. And it was just interesting meeting the guys, hearing them talk, hearing about why they wanted to come to Atlanta, uh, what it would take for Atlanta to win. And a lot of them had one thing in common that they all said, and that was sacrifice, Right. So sacrifice, of course, the team is going to look different, more different when you look at the rotation. So, you know, people are going to have to fight for those minutes. You know, sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice. If they got a guy going, if you got Gallinari going, maybe John may have to sacrifice his minutes. If, if Cam's going, maybe DeAndre has to sacrifice. But it's going to be interesting to see how Lloyd uh, manages the minutes per se. I'm not saying the starting line. A lot of people are worried about the starting lineup. I'm not worried about that. I'm interested to see how he manages the minutes. I, I agree. I, I think the starting lineup will I think it would change based on the teams that they play. If you're playing Philly, you you might try and match their 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 size. If it's a, a smaller team with, you know, how, Six five and less. Do you? But how do you stay consistent with that if you're going to be switching well, up? Well, the other thing that you're going to have to factor in is COVID. So there will be times where certain players won't play because of that, and so at that point you're going to have to have a team that is familiar with whoever is on the floor. And I think the Hawks did a great job of adding depth at every single position because that could be an issue. Uh, the schedule was released for the NBA and it was only half the schedule. So that tells you we're only talking about half of the season so far. You know, we'll kind of figure it out as we go along, so to speak. Ga games may be postponed right. and have to be rescheduled. So, yeah, they're, give, they're giving themselves that that kind of that space. Yeah. Leeway. Yeah. The leeway. Yeah. There's a buffer there to figure out what's going to take place and who's going to play what well, position. Well, I know if it's on TV, you ain't resting. <laughs> See, national, we TV. saw that. We saw that. National, <laughs> national TV, national TV. COVID and no COVID, uh, COVID you play it. Uh, and speak to this for a second. The Hawks only have four nationally televised games, 
and one of them is not MLK. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you don't have the Hawks on MLK Day. I mean, like, Martin Luther King was born here. They have jerseys (laughs) that say MLK. They're not even on NBA TV? No, not even NBA TV. No, oh, but I said that's the problem because I mean they haven't. I normally, thought they would have been on there. At least. They've normally, yeah, they've normally haven't been on national TV for MLK, but you at least been on Fox Sports South or NBA that's TV. That's not national they, TV. I, I know, but they haven't been on national TV on an, on other MLK days before. They yeah. have, they yeah. have, they well, have. Well, I mean, not consistently. Like you know, I'm I mean, gonna, not the last no, like four well, years. No, with Trey maybe. Young. I mean, you got an All Star in Trey Young now. But so yeah, yeah, you yeah. should you be got on a star TV. Player. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you should get more national TV responses. I mean, if guys want to use that for motivation, I mean, I get it. But like, I mean, it is what it is. Like at the end of the at the end of the day, y'all did win twenty games last year, right? So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going I'm not going to die on that hill too much. I mean, Clint Clint Capella uh, tweeted out something like, "Oh, okay, we know the disrespect." Hey, man, whatever whatever gets you going, guy. You yeah. know, what I'm saying? like I, I, that's not necessarily hill I'm ready to die on I mean, because they the did win twenty games. <laughs> Win some ball games, and you know, knock on some playoff doors, and then we'll talk about the disrespect. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, but I, I, again, this is MLK. They got special jerseys, seated editions with MLK. Well, maybe that should have been well, a maybe, national maybe, maybe, it, maybe it get changed down the road. Maybe, you know, just we it got, should. Now, we got a month and a, a half. Month one of those half. games might get canceled. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it should have been from the wish, jump. I ain't it gonna wish COVID on nobody. You gonna wish COVID on somebody? That's I'm just saying down. it could happen. That's low down. I'm not asking for it. I'm just saying it's possible. You're doing a Michigan versus Ohio State right now. Oh, oh. limited practices? Yeah, limited practices. <laughs> all, all hate mail send that to Greg Hurd. <laughs> no, but but looking at that once again is it's, Turner is here in Atlanta. And they do a good job. I think the last two years they've um, uh, been at the MLK Center. And broadcast it, you know, earning them the NBA TNT group has broadcast from there. It just makes sense that the stadium is right down the street. I will say this. Have the game there. Who is, let's, devil advocate to get mad. Who, what is the national televised game for MLK day? And then, then I will be like, yeah, we got a real, I mean. Well, Memphis is usually on there. Yep. Um, yeah, I, yeah, thought I, Atlanta, I thought it was Atlanta versus Memphis. So I mean, that, that's how you really should hit it out the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Mem- Memphis is going to be playing at home uh, going forward, at least on MLK Day for sure. So Memphis is on there. Who's, so who's the other? Uh, so we're talking about the 18th of January. Magic and Knicks. Yeah, they could have done without that one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't even gonna hold you because look, man. I mean, even Memphis. I mean, that's the play where, where my man got shot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I had no problem with Memphis. I, now, I do have a problem with Memphis Orlando. Memphis is always on. I do have a problem with Orlando and the Knicks because the Knicks suck. They, 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 we won 20 games. They won 19. So you know. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, and now that you mentioned it was the Knicks. Now I'm taking it as disrespect. Yes. Okay, now I'm taking it as disrespect. I'll take it back. They're not. Okay. I'll take it back. Comment, now it's disrespect. Oh, no. That was, I'm looking at Christmas Day. <laughs> okay, so. My bad. All right, so MLK Day. Minnesota is playing Atlanta. It is on NBA TV. Okay. It is on NBA TV. Ooh, uh, that's kind of national. Kind of. <laughs> they put playoff games on NBA TV. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah we don't yeah. care about those matchups. Uh, Orlando and New York is on NBA TV. But on TNT, you got Phoenix at Memphis. Milwaukee at Brooklyn and Golden State at the Lakers. 
I can't I, be mad at that. I, I ain't gonna hold you. I, I can't even be mad at I that. I understand the Golden State and the Lakers, but we probably could have flipped Milwaukee and um I mean I know Matt. they got Giannis, but we could have who are they playing the game? Milwaukee who? Brooklyn. Oh man, my can't do it. It's got, only that first game. Yeah, you got K D you got K D and, and Kyrie and, and Giannis. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And but Phoenix, it's Chris Paul versus John Moran. John, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I had no problem with Phoenix, who the Memphis is playing because it's Memphis. They they should be, but okay, yeah. Back back to you know you you, you can stick with your uh, your original, not die on that hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where we at. That's where we at. <laughs> I, I tried to draw you in, but nah, you, you don't always listen to me. <laughs> don't nobody want to see the Knicks though. The Knicks and the Magic, though? Yeah, they could have scheduled that game for just a regular Thursday. Yeah, if it, if it was going to be the Knicks and the Magic, we was going to have to look at that as disrespect. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. at least it's at noon. We have the day off. We might not even be up yet. Even yeah, more know. reason to have it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, you should have been able to, you know, do your humane for Habitat and whatever that mm. day, a day of service, and yeah. be ready for the game by noon. I, I mean, it's not like fans are going to be there anyway. So yeah, I mean, well, that's what they're a, saying a, a that the day that they're going to let the fans in. Uh, from what I've heard is that I think they'll let like ten percent capacity in, mm-hmm. and that's if y'all y'all get y'all mind right and stop being out there <laughs> acting a fool without these masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we stay at home now, thirty-five days don't, don't from now, on, we don't can actually go to. Don't the, count on it. Don't count on it. Oh, no, no. It's, you it's, still get emails and no, text messages about every party that's going on in no, Atlanta. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it's, it's not going to happen. We we got to get through Christmas and New Year's. No, it's not happening. That ain't happening. Um, hey, how the Hawks, give me your prediction this year uh, as far as the team. We talking playoffs, uh, 40 games that they might win, what? Well, I mean, now you got to look at the format. They they changed the format so like seven through ten is going to be like a play-in. So I mean, if you don't make the playoffs, I mean, like you something's going to be seriously wrong. I mean, not being tenth in the East, <laughs> like that's going to be ridiculous. Uh, on paper, I mean, I mean they haven't bounced the ball, and I'm not a believer of a lot of fans who believe this is NBA 2K where you can just put things in and, and have it work. I really believe this is a two- to three-year project with these guys on the roster, but that's kind of another topic. But um, just looking at the guys they have, if you stay healthy, if, you know, you stay COVID-free, hopefully, and you're able to, you know, kind of maximize your potential, I think I'll give them 500, you know, so out of 72, what, that's 35, 36 games. Mm -hmm. I'd say between 36 and 38, maybe 40 at, at a max. Um, I think this is a 500 ball club at the least. I still, I, I think they took strides. So you, you got a 20 game Other teams jump. Took strides as well. You, so, got, you got a 20 um, game jump, but it's only 72 games. Well, even that. I mean, I'm just saying, just in total. So, okay, a 15 game jump then. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, if you because last year you won 20 games, but I think well, what they play like 60 games last year, 60, 50 something. Yeah. So last year was a wash. <laughs> Because you started out the year with, I mean, folks, I don't think folks realize how bad this team was last year. You had your guy, um, I'm not going to call no names, but the, the team was trash. You're taking out all these contracts. John I mean, Collins misses 25 games. 
Yeah, to the and drugs, and then it you was just, it was a mess. Same thing with um. I, and I know Trey missed Trey, Trey missed, missed about ten games. That's no, what, maybe not. Eight, maybe eight games. He missed off and on because he's twisted his and he missed something for some reason. He wanted twisting his ankle and he was yeah. gone for I know at least two and a half weeks. <sighs> Fifteen but, games. I mean, jump. I think I think looking at the roster, I think this is at least a five hundred ball club at least. You know, because you you brought in some you brought in some guys who have NBA tape of putting the ball in the bucket. You know what I'm saying? You got you you're not bringing in unproven guys, you know. You have a nice core and I think this is what uh Travis has wanted. This is the time, okay. He, he here's the mixing bowl, now it's time for you to win some ball games. And it's up to Lloyd to win the game. Right. Uh even looking at like uh Snell and Dunn and uh Solomon Hill, like, you know, Hill just coming off of uh playing with the Heat and you know them making it to the NBA Finals, like you said, you adding people who have just recently played and know what it takes to win, and trying to get those young guys to understand what it takes. Absolutely, I mean, you got a guy like Ronda who can come in there and throw rings right. on the table. Right. You know what I mean? Like they've never had that before. Even Vince can do that. You know, mm-hmm. and a guy Rondo is specifically like he likes to do that. Like if you were on the interview with him. He's like, this is what he likes to do. You know, he likes, he wants to get into coaching eventually. Uh, so he like, he embraces the mentorship. It's not so, oh, well, let me tell you about 1996. It was a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Like, with Rondo, this is what he likes to do. This is what they brought him in for. So um, I think this is good because if there's any year that you need depth, it's this year with COVID. I mean, I imagine that you're going to see probably a little bit more Brandon Godwin that you probably thought that you were going to see. Uh, Taylor Mays is going to have to, I mean, uh, Skylar Mays is going to have to grow up a little uh, earlier probably than we thought. You're going to need all 15 of these guys. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And looking at the ability to be able to switch players in and out at different position, I'm glad that they realized that they have enough basketballs to go around as office was concerned. It seemed like everybody that was brought in was primarily on the defensive side of the ball outside of Gallinari. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing about it is now you have flexibility. And, and Lloyd was talking about that when we talked to him on Saturday. I asked him the difference between this year and last year when you, when you started camp. And then last year he was like, and I had a whole bunch of injuries, guys who on minutes restrictions. This year, we're starting out fresh. There's no minutes restrictions. No one's, you know, uh, on any type of restrictions. And now you have flexibility. Now you can go to a lineup that says, hey, man, I need some defense. You can pull Trey, put Dunn out there, put Cam, put DeAndre, put Clint, and JC out there and have you a defensive five, you know. You can go small with, with John at the five. You can go big if you want to have uh, Onyeka Okongu out there. You have so many more options with this lineup now. And Tony Snell even talked about on Saturday how versatile this lineup is. You know, even guys like Kevin Herter, guys like Cam Reddish, who are very versatile, I think you're going to need all of that this year for them to get into the playoffs. Right. We saw where Cam was working out, I think, with Steph Curry over the summer. And I, it was brought out in the interviews, like, these guys are just ready to play ball again. Well, they, yeah, they, they ain't played since yet, March, March 12th, yeah, 12th, I want to yeah, say. yeah. They they ready to play some some real basketball, some competitive basketball, even if it's against each other to start off. Of course, uh, preseason starts Friday, but just to play ball because for a lot of them they haven't been able to do that. 
Yeah, and, and Kevin Herter talked a little bit about that, about just, like, you can only work out so much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can only <laughs> do so much when you when you train them by yourself, you know? And so even I, I think that um, Sarah or, or, or I think it was Kevin tweeted out something today on the guys' practice. Uh, so they went really hard today, you know, because, I mean, these guys ain't eating in nine months. You know what I'm saying? They ain't really had nobody to go at, so of course they're going to go hard. Bodies are fresh. They want to, you know, get back into it. So uh, they're definitely going to start the season out fresh and hungry. And with that, uh, don't be surprised if you see a lot of bumps, if you see a lot of bruises, a lot of mistakes, a lot of them just not being in sync. Rusty. And I go mm-hmm. back and forth with folks on Twitter, like, y'all think this is NBA 2K where it's just going to mess perfectly. There is a meshing period that is going to happen. Even the Miami Heat, when they brought in Wade and Braun and, and, and Bosch had to go through some growing pains, and this team will go through some growing pains. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's that's why I'm back. And there's going to be a lot of fighting for minutes. That's, so. that's why I'm back to you again about you saying there's a 15 game jump from last year to this year. <laughs> well, look at the East, though. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I hate to use your words against you, but I'm saying, so how long is that mesh period, especially in a shortened season, especially if COVID is, you know, is the possibility to, to interrupt that? Like, you know. Again, help me understand how I'm getting 15 more games out of this. I'm going to tell you how you're going to get 15 more games. This because year. if you look at the roster, I mean, just purely on the roster, even if even if these dudes don't get along, they're going to be <laughs> – it's much better when you got Damian Jones out there, when, you, when you're not trotting Damian Jones out there and Jabari Parker, it, it, as opposed to uh, Gallinari and, and Okongu or who's ever going to be backing up. The roster, you just have guys – who have better talent. Gotcha. So while I do believe that there's going to be some meshing period, I, st- I still think they're going to be able to win some ball games. So, okay. I mean, I still think at least this is at least a 500 ball club. And and for what it's worth, I thought last year they were better than a 21 team. So you take away those 25 games that John Collins has missed. Mm-hmm. Let's say John Collins missed 20, those 25 games. I think they won four of those games. Let's say he does play those 25 games. With John, I mean, you can add, let's say, if he, if he does play 25, let's say you win another, half. No, not half. even half. Let's another, say you win 10, yeah. right? Nine or 10 more games. So now you're knocking on a, almost a 30-win season, right? Okay. Like, so okay. that's yeah. kind of how I see okay, you help the me jump there. from okay. 20 to 35. Okay, okay, yeah. there we go. I can't I can't <laughs> argue with that explanation. You, you got me. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, so I got James question. Harden has Damn. decided to – not show up. Uh, and then the coach, poor Silas, I feel bad for him. He's like, well, and, but I don't blame him, though. He's like, well, you got to ask him. You know, he yeah. doesn't show up for the hey, team. But is that not the perfect, that, that is the perfect response. Right. Don't be asking me about James. Go ask that. Right. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, you don't show up for the team practice. You say you're going to do an individual one. You don't show up for that. Yeah, I mean, he, I would put the same thing. Is he back with a Kardashian? <laughs> that's, a, that's that Kardashian well, he was behavior. At, he was at Dre's uh, nightclub in Vegas. He probably got the COVID. Then he was, nobody. I'm about to say, he need to be quarantined. He probably, <laughs> <laughs> he probably got the 19. I mean, he's out uh, partying and everything. So, I, like like the coach said, ask I, him. I was going to ask you a question. You got the heart. So, who got the better of the deal? Houston keeping Harden or Washington Wa- getting um, getting um, Westbrook? Westbrook. I mean, I oh, had- Washington, Washington, without a doubt. Um, I think that, and, and and I don't think that the average fan understands how beloved John Wall was in Washington. You know, like him and him leaving Washington 
is a really big thing. Like they love him in Washington. I don't know why he ain't played since the Obama era. But he, but it's the work in the community that he did. I get it, but he ain't played on the court since 2016. Yeah, it's 2018. And that's why why I say they didn't win the trade. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I believe that you get Westbrook, and for everything that he's not, he's still a really good basketball player. Um, You have with Houston. Okay, so now you got John Wall coming off injury. And what, DeMarcus Cousins coming off injury? When was the last time you saw DeMarcus Cousins put some tape on a highlighter? Two years ago. Finals. But I I also will go back to know John Wall, even though he might have played 20, he hasn't played a full season since 2016. He hasn't played a full So you're getting damaged goods from here. He's coming off an Achilles, so I don't know. Is out giving presents to little baby and just partying up. And, you know, they don't know where he's going to be. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to go small ball again? Is P.J. Tucker going to have to be the center again? I mean, like, what are they going to do? I, I, um, if, so. if Wall can play, I like Wall and Harden better. I will I, I will say this about Washington. What for, for Westbrook going to Washington? Washington now. Washington is the same team that Westbrook was. Westbrook had in OKC. Well, he's when, back with his coach, Scott Brooks. I mean, that too, him. but I'm talking about all the pieces around him. It's a like better the year he won MVP? Yeah, it's a better version of that OKC team. Because Bradley Beal is a better player. And you're in the East. So he took that team to a sixth seed in the West. I'm not saying they're going to be a three, a four or three seed, but the possibility, the possibility, the possibility of them being better in the East is there compared to they won't be dead last or, nah. or, or near fighting, the bottom. Might fight for so, eighth right. seed. I, I feel with Washington, there's not going to be any middle ground. <laughs> like, I think they're really either going to turn heads or it's going to go really south because Westbrook is very ball dominant and, and Beal can be very ball dominant. And you have, the, you have the opportunity for, again, like it could be really good. I mean, because they got, they got some nice pieces. I mean, you still got the, the Davin kid. You got the, uh, the Huchamara kid. Uh, out there, you got the yeah. Bryant kid. So I mean, they got some players there, and and Westbrook is. I mean, I, I mean, I, I like Westbrook, and I, and I, again, at the end of the day, I think that this will work out better for Washington than it will for Houston. I don't know what Houston's identity is going to be this year. Furthermore, I, I, I don't know what their whatever identity they have. I don't think they have the roster for the whatever that identity is because. A lot of that holdover from our roster is still a bunch of D'Antoni guys. Yeah. Right, right but now, looking I'm at Bill, though, but looking at Bill, he had to be ball dominant because Wall was gone. Uh, well, so most of it was on him, I'm, and I'm, he's not gonna have a choice yeah, I'm gonna put, because I'm, Westbrook is going to do what he did before. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a little f- football into this only because John Wall was a Dallas Cowboys fan, and when he went to Texas, guess what my Redskins did tonight? They beat the only undefeated team. In Pittsburgh, oh. so I will mark this day as the g- good trade oh for getting that Dallas the center up out of there <laughs> and, and bringing somebody to the DC area who wants to be there. I, I, I when I first looked at the trade, I thought it was a wash. I really did. I, I didn't money wise. I didn't think is. anybody. Yeah, because I mean it was yeah. the same contract. I think it's one of those we'll just have to wait and see who but had the better deal. It's the East, though. I feel. To your point, Ed, about yeah, meshing okay, and whatnot. Okay, but I understand it's the East, but are they a top four team? No, no, no. But, so, but you, are they a playoff team? They're a playoff yes. team, yeah. So, so, so they get, won the deal. So you get the playoffs. Is Houston a playoff team? Yes. Where at now? Because we had them last week talking well, about Well, if Harden is disgruntled and not showing up, then no. No. But if Harden comes to play, yes, they're a playoff team. Okay. Because him and Wall fit better 
They got Wall is not going to be as ball dominant as he he will pass more than Westbrook win. I'll say that. They got and a, we already saw that Westbrook a, and Harden doesn't work. It's a fifty percent chance that two of their players probably will be hurt at some time this season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. And, 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 but the and, thing and, about this is, is John not, Wall is John Wall's not a guy ooh. where, hey man, this shot ain't going. So I'm, how about I yoke up ten more shots? <laughs> That's yeah, not John yeah. Wall's yeah. mentality. That is Russell Westbrook's mentality, and he shot the mugs right out of the playoffs. <laughs> And when you look at a lot of Russell Westbrook teams, that's what he does. Even when they do the 3-1 lead, you go back, and I wrote a story on that last two minutes with him and Durant. He shot OKC right out of the game, and, and that's kind of what Russell Westbrook does. But for I, everything that For all the good that he does, he will shoot your team right out of the playoffs, right out of a game. But I think and Bill – kind of I, the gift and the curse. I, I, but I think Bill, Bill – is a little bit more strong, strong-headed than anybody Russell has ever played with. Because in that OK, no, in that OKC side, the one thing, the one thing about Kevin Durant is he's passive. He well, yeah, yeah, he, he is. You know what I mean? So at OKC, who would? But at, Scott Brooks is going to cater to Westbrook, which is going to well, leave then, Beal like then, really. Then if I go that way, then what Washington ain't making it either. No, nah, they'll make it because with the Beal East. out there, he was scoring fifty and they were losing games. <laughs> Well, I don't know that. It's all. Then it's all a wash. It's all a wash. It's all a wash. It's all a wash both ways. But I do feel that <laughs> Beal and and Westbrook don't get hurt as much. Like Beal never really gets hurt. Westbrook, for the most part, is on the floor every night. Whereas in Houston, we don't know about Wall because wow. we ain't seen him since the Obama era, and. Um, we definitely don't know cousins. about cousins. We ain't seen cousins since the beginning of Trump era, and, and Christian Woods gonna be averaging twenty five and fifty. Yeah, right so you know it's just it's what it is. And let everybody know how they can reach you, man, and follow you. Hey, man, just follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. The name is at Hawks Beat. Uh, you can check out the Hawks Beat podcast. We got a series coming up uh, this week, and we're, we're going to look at some of the other teams in the East. I got some. Uh, other podcasters and bloggers coming on, but Hawks Beat, check us out on uh, Twitter, Facebook, we're on all the social media platforms. You can find uh, the podcast everywhere you get your podcast for the free. Appreciate you guys, as know, thank always. You, man. Thank I appreciate you. you, man. I'm depending on that 15-game jump now. I'm going I'm to hold you to it. <laughs> I got you, man. Don't hey, man, me. y'all make sure y'all keep your hands clean. Y'all be safe. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Um, also in uh breaking NBA news before we go to um uh football, uh Joe Kim Noah's gonna retire. He, he been retired. After being waived by the Clippers. Only thing I miss about Joe Kim Noah is now he could give those good one liners because that's the best one liner. He was like, Hey nobody you wake up and talk about they want to go to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> um but, but great great career though. First yeah, time, career. first battle Hall of Famer. Uh, no. It might it might take a minute. It might take a while. Only because it would take people a while to appreciate what kind of player he was. Yeah. He made the All Star team twice. He won Defensive he player, player of the, the year. year. Did he win a ring? No, no. That's that's probably what. It, I mean, because when I look at his, I look at his whole career, because you got to remember, you know, back to back college. Yeah, well, yeah, the a, college career is included. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. if he gets in first ballot, I don't think it's not a major surprise. I think he gets in. I, I, but for some reason, I thought I he had a ring. For some reason, I thought he had a ring, but he doesn't. Have, if you don't have the ring, that would have solidified. That would have solidified. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he eventually he gets. Oh, in. he gets in. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Don, you're a Bulls fan, mm-hmm. right? Do the Bulls retire his number? No. Mm-mm. He didn't play anywhere long enough to get he, the, the number retired. Yeah, that's. And with you the got Bulls it, for like 
Six, Nine years? Seven. That ain't long enough. You, you, you got to be with a team 12 plus, man. Come on. I don't think that they'll retire. They'll. I mean, the last three years he was on the Clippers. Yeah. The he, he was walk, running around just click, getting checks. Knicks. <laughs> Cleveland. No, he, he played for Cleveland. No, he, he didn't, didn't play Cleveland. for Cleveland. Okay. I know he played for the Knicks and he played for the Clippers. Yeah, Mike, he stole money from the Knicks. Look, they gave him that money. <laughs> Because he's the hometown kid, even though right. no one knew he was from Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> it was eight years in Chicago. Not long enough, man. It he was do long it, enough. He do enough. That, long that enough. was the best era yeah. after Jordan. That was Rose. Yeah, that was. That, I was about to say that it was more D Rose. Yes, he was the defensive player like behind it, but it was more, <laughs> more so Rose. D Rose for like half of that. Not enough, man. It wasn't enough. I agree. He, I, I, I don't think he'll but, there'll but be something you, special for him. How can you put him in the Hall of Fame if, if he, he gets don't in. retire his number? If he gets into the Hall, Hall of Fame, yes, they'll retire, retire your number. If if he gets all the Hall of Fame, they the will. Two, the, two they will. the two don't equate. I even go. It should, I mean, it's not It's not going to happen. Like, Tracy McGrady's number won't be retired anywhere because he didn't play anywhere long enough. I mean, maybe he But see, Hall of Fame is not just NBA. It encompasses everything. Yeah. So yes, he gets in. If he gets in the Hall Florida of Fame, I think retire he might retire. Number. Florida should retire his number, but not not Chicago. The Gators should retire his number. <laughs> I can see that, but I, I, Chicago should consider it. What's the other guy that plays aside him? Um, uh, Boozer? No. No, at Florida? No, no, no. At Chicago, um, oh, I can't call his. Ball head. I think he went to Arizona State. Um, oh, Taj Gibson. Gibson. I, I, I remember. You, I remember Gibson more because Noah than, was all defense though. I'm, he but, didn't shoot hardly. But I mean, that's what I'm so, saying. Like he was. He didn't do enough for people. Like, oh yeah, I remember that team, and I remember. Uh, I remember Noah and every. No, it was Rose and Gibson. He only averaged probably ten points a game on offense, mm-hmm. but his rebounds were. He was a double double person. And had blocks. And please, and please believe, this is no knock on his career. I'm just saying he just wasn't the first person you think of, even in their heyday since Jordan. Noah isn't after Derrick Rose? No. Derrick Rose, yeah, Taj Gibson. No, Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson. No, don't nobody know Taj Gibson like that. That's a you lie. putting Taj Gibson no. over Joe Keem Noah? Yes, impossible. I am. No, one was defensive know, player of the year. One was just a role player. That's Joe Keem Noah won no. defensive player of the year. Two-time All-Star, right? Yeah, made it all in the A team. Todd Gibson and people still remember Todd Gibson. No, they don't. Only you remember. And he was there. And he was there three or four more seasons after Noah. He did none of that. None of that. And how long was he there? They remember Boozer more so than Todd Gibson. And Gibson was there when Boozer was there. And Gibson, I mean, and Boozer's shoe polish will be known before Todd exactly. His leftover gum. I just, he just. No, ain't no way. No, ain't no way. Um, also, coming out of the since the Clippers waived Noah, which started him uh, to even consider retirement. So your boy PG was talking about um, the Clippers and basically Doc Rivers saying that they, because of the three-one lead, they weren't in the right positions. And sometimes you gotta just shut up, right? <laughs> like this, this whole and year- Doc said. So Doc responded by saying, "Well, Tyloo was." You know, right next to me as assistant, so he's going to be the coach. So basically, we'll see what the excuse will be this time. But PG, the way he shot, he shouldn't have said Nothing. anything. Nothing. Now, if he had great games and they lost, he had one great game. He scored thirty-five. The whole playoff, he had one great <laughs> game. We scored thirty-five points, and they were like, "Man, if he 
if he if he can just score seventeen, the Clippers might be, look might like be something. might be something. But he was scoring thirty five in the next next two games, scoring nine. Ten. <laughs> the next two games. So, so and then all the uh the preferential treatment that Kawhi was getting, being living in him. San Diego, showing up late, saying we ain't practicing today, so not on practice. That rubbed everybody the wrong way. Which well, we have been heard we that. Heard that. We have been right. heard that now when everybody left, like one of the twins left, and everything. They just made that solidified that that was the truth coming out. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. I I think Montrez leaked everything. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> everything they said, like any anonymous source or oh, anything yeah. like that, it came from Montrez. Yeah, he, he with the Lakers well, now, we, so we, he we like, need to look and see what awesome. kind of burner account he got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Trez, Trez don't need no burner account. They play each other opening night. Um, over under the number of minutes it would take before Harold and Patrick Beverly get into it. At tip off. <laughs> Three minutes. Three minutes. No. Three minutes. What's the shot clock? 24 seconds. <laughs> 25. <laughs> whoever, whoever scores first in that they next come back on the yeah, other yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. So if, if the Lakers get it, then it'll be under the twenty-four. If they if the Clippers get it, then it'd be after yeah, after the back. first two points of score. Uh <laughs> shout out to LeVar Ball once again. All three of his his sons in the NBA on contract. To Gray's dismay, because he thinks uh the middle child is the sorriest one. Uh, uh clearly. Leangelo is with the Pistons. Lamelo is. He's with on the a Hornets. training camp deal, so he got to make just, the team first. I just, just want to hear. He got to make the team first. <laughs> he's he on the squad. Then y'all can celebrate. No, he's on a non-guaranteed deal. A non-guaranteed a deal, which camp, means he's there. Training camp deal. He got to make the team. I just want to hear the heat. That's the news going to cut. Want to hit it. Once he again, make the team. Lonzo is uh, in New Orleans with the Pelicans. Lamelo is with the Hornets in Charlotte. And, and Leangelo is in Detroit and, with the Pistons. And according to Greg, Leangelo is in what's that out? What's the where our, uh, our school loans go to in, in Michigan? Lansing, Deerborn, <laughs> Dearborn. Dear, he's in Dearborn, according to you, because he not doesn't have a contract with the Pistons. So oh, the G, the G League team is in Grand Rapids. Well, that's what he's at, according you know. Hey, if he's on, the, I don't even remember him even playing in the G League. I, he was I'm, on the G League practice squad. For I'm, all messing, I know. I'm messing with you. On, I, congratulations to, to the ball family. The ball family. He got to make the team. It ain't <laughs> over yet. Congratulations to Lavar and Tina Ball. Then, 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 then we, we can celebrate. Because you got to be honest. <laughs> like, the Antetokounmpo's are in the league. Um, the Holidays, those three guys. In yeah. the, but the ball, like, I really don't see the talent that's there. Like, he really put them out there to even get to the league. Yeah. It's, it's, I didn't see them being NBA talent. His crazy plan has come to fruition. Well, I, Congrats, I, hey, congratulations. I think with Lonzo, it was like you see this super athletic 6'5", 6'6", kid who can jump. I, I think the saying shoots better than – But he could shoot. Well, he, the shot looked weird. But okay. at UCLA, it was going in because he shot like 40-something percent. Yeah. It went in. It just looked weird. And being super athletic, people were saying he's like Steph Curry with a 40-inch vertical. That was, I mean, he, the hype machine got him up to the number two pick. Right. But I always look at it like this. He was, Lonzo is Venus Williams and LaMelo is Serena. Like, LaMelo supposed to be the one. Well, yeah, but like he's going to be better than the younger. The younger kid is usually the best. And then who's Leandro? Whoever the other William sister is, that's not playing tennis. <laughs> so low down. He's so low down. Uh, let's go to uh, 
pro football. You brought it up. Your skins won again. What y'all trying to do, man? Keep pace with the Giants. Who, Wait, congratulations is, to them. Is this your one win for the month? Because y'all won no, two they, last month. Yeah. They they blew that that theory out the water one and then I won three in a row now. Oh, so boy. you know what I mean? What we, y'all trying to do? Talking playoffs? Win. Right. <laughs> talking the Beat Pittsburgh twenty three to seventeen this afternoon. Uh San Francisco Buffalo, who you got tonight? Buffalo. Buffalo. And a I close one though. Like yeah, 22-20. Yeah, I got a close game too. But yeah, like you said, the Giants, I didn't see them beating Seattle in Seattle. No, 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 not no. That front four looked like a Super Bowl front four that they used to have with JPP and Strahan. Like they yeah. really can rout um, Russell West. And I wanna downplay the win and say that um say that Seattle overlooked them. But I'm not going to do that because this is Seattle's already had a bad game. Like sometimes you can say, you know what? You would a, do. You would do for one. You would do for a bad game. You know what I mean? I will give the person I want to give more credit to, and we kind of slip. Uh, Colt McCoy is the Nick Foles of football. He, nah, he, I, he no, 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 no. Listen, what I'm about to say. Nick Foles no, won, no, won the Super Bowl. No, no, with listen, Super Bowl no, no, MVP. no. Listen, what I'm about to say. Listen, no, let, let, let me uh-uh. let me finish my thought, and you understand where I'm coming from. I'm not saying Colt McCoy is going to carry the Giants to the Super Bowl. What I'm saying is, whenever his number gets called to come in and play two games, one or two games. He usually wins those two games. Then call him Alex Smith. Then he, he no, but Alex <laughs> don't, Smith is, don't say Al, Nick no, Foles. Alex Smith, no, Nick Foles. Then call him Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> Nick, no, Nick Nick Foles and Colt McCoy. Nick Foles when he's when he's the backup and he's good, he's there for two to three games. That got that stretch with Duffy and won the Super Bowl. But usually Nick Foles and your Chicago Bears have seen it. He's good for two of the games, and then after that he reverts back to oh no, why he needs to be a backup. Cole McCoy, his whole career, he did it in Washington, and he's doing it now in the Giants. When they call him up for two games, he usually wins those two games. <clears throat> I remember Cole McCoy on a short week went yeah, to, went to Dallas on Thanksgiving. I mean, and Colt, Domin- Court wasn't that good in Texas. It was only because no, of he was, everything that he had around him. Colt, see, that's that's wrong. Colt, no, it's not. Cole McCoy was a high. What happened? Kid. What happened when they got he, to he got the semifinal injured. game? He got no. He got injured in the championship game against Alabama. He was a Heisman. He was a Heisman candidate. Yeah, he was in a candidate. Texas. But again, so, it was because of what was no, around him. It don't him. matter. He was a it Heisman does matter. candidate. It does matter what's around you. So so it does matter. So, I.e. I.e. I want to go to, go down the list now. So I.e. who? Cause I'm gonna start calling. So okay, Russell Wilson. One, we didn't realize how great Russell Wilson was until everything was stripped away from him, right? Yes. So again, Colt McCoy, when things are stripped away and he doesn't have anything, he's just a basic quarterback. I just said two games. He that's the reason why I call him. I compare him to Nick Foles. Two games. Nick Foles three won games. more than two games. How many games he win with y'all? As a starter. This year. Three. <laughs> How many games he won as a starter in Philadelphia? Three. Six. Six, yeah. Cause no, he came in. No, they only had like three, two games left, and then he won two no, games. No, he won three. He won about six four games. Four games. I think they had it was like, more than four games. You got, they only had well, they they wild both card. seasons because Wentz got hurt the next year, too. Yeah. And they so beat, three and they games. The Bears. Did three no, games. it was more than three games. He won six in one season. <laughs> Try no, again. It, no, it Try was, again. It was week eleven when, when, when no when Wentz was on his MVP season. It was like no, week eleven, week twelve. That. Yes, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't mid season. It was toward it was, the end it of the was, season. It was late in the season, but still, even with even if there were like two games left, 
That's two. I don't know if they won both of those games, but they won three in the playoffs. And then the next year, Wentz got hurt again, and they won another playoff game. So they, they won four playoff games. And what I'm trying to tell you is in adding the regular season, it's at least six. When he goes to two games or three games, that third game, he's downhill. He just did it this year. He won a mid, mid-game here in Atlanta. He won the next game. On, and then the next so three he games, won. he went downhill. He's, well, he got hurt. He just got hurt. Otherwise, he'd probably still be the starter. Yeah, he and he'd still, still be, be losing. So in the Super Bowl <laughs> run, he started ten games. 2017. 2017 years when Wentz got, got hurt, hurt. Like week 11. Wentz yeah. got hurt week six. Finn start 10 games. No, no. Okay. Week Hurst got hurt like week 11, week 12 because it was ravaging. They were like, you MVP candidate can't get hurt this late in the season on a on a playoff run. That was 2017. Okay. Anyway, all I'm Seven. saying is Cole McCoy has made. He's seven. Games. I, I'm not calling him a starter. I'm just saying he can come in for one or two games. Yeah, but and the put, guy put seems, a little bit of respect the on guy Nick Foles. Don't compare him to Nick Foles. You only want little, somebody you else. You only want a little respect for Nick Foles because he's still wearing your orange and blue. In no, I, I want him gone. <laughs> <laughs> I want him gone. I want Trubisky gone because there's no reason we should have lost to the Lions. I want them all gone. Nagy and unfortunately, we can't get rid of Nagy's contract. Well, we could, but that ain't the Bears. That ain't what we do. So. We stuck. Shameful. Uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, in Eric Cleveland. I surprised Eric didn't call 41 35, uh, 9 and 3. He, he, this was the game that he needed. And he almost lost it too because he fumbled the ball at the very end and almost <laughs> gave it away too. We, we've 38 seen, 7 lead and we, they and won by six. We've seen, yeah. we've seen everything out of Baker Mayfield in this one game. We've seen the greatness in the first couple. Now, I will say this though. I was surprised by the score, but you can't consistently leave people one on one and and load the box and then Well, uh that was good play calling by what's his name? Kevin St- Stefanski. Yeah. yeah. Um and Cleveland by and you're gonna load the I, box. I, I understand why people say game manager, but it's nothing wrong with being a game manager. If you got great running backs in Hunt and, and Chubb. Chubb why not play action off of yeah, that? That's yeah. gonna get you to one on one. And the best thing once again, the best thing once again is that Odell isn't there. I think he was trying too hard to appease him, to make well, him happy, as opposed to now, who has the best matchup? Mm-hmm. That's what we're going well, to do. Well, your number one should have always been Landry, but you want to feed the ball to Odell. Well, you pay but you paid Odell to be the and number, you number one. And you're also afraid of hearing Odell's mouth. That, right, that's what I'm if saying. I, you know, if he gets four four passes to him, he should have got six. He gets six passes, he should have got right. nine. He gets nine, he should have got thirteen. So you always gotta hear his mouth after the game, especially if you lose. Well, and the fact why. that the media is gonna put a microphone in his mouth yeah, yeah. face so, to, to get that reaction. I thought Landry, I know understand Landry bringing him in and Landry can kind of control him, which to a degree he has. He has not been as boisterous as he usually gets, um, you know, in his previous years. He was years. good last year, though. But not as boisterous. He still had his blow-ups. He didn't no have way. anything last year. In in Cleveland? Mm-mm. Nothing. Okay, so. But to your point, though, still, sometimes, sometimes addition, you can do addition by subtraction. And so now you know Landry is going to be your safety net. He's going to run those intermediate uh, routes. He's all hands, so it's not going to get dropped. He has a pretty good catch radius. Um, and then you got decent um, 
you actually got decent wide receivers across got, the they board. They got great tight ends. Tight ends. But the running game. So the running game is the running game. It sets up everything. You know what the, helps the quarterback the best? Turn. But here's, here's the thing, too. Turn around and hand him the ball off. <laughs> that was a, a great win on the road. Now what's going to take place? This is the first time they've had a winning season in, what, 18 years? And I want to see it in the playoffs. I want to see because in the playoffs, that quarterback has to make five throws. And it's, it's certain parts of the game. We saw that in the Super Bowl last year where yeah. Jimmy G didn't make that one throw. Got to hit it, a man it, wide it's, open. It's, it's about five throws a quarterback has to make mm-hmm. to win the game. Yeah. Everything else will be predicated on running the football and stopping the run. I, I um 13 years. 13 years. Great win. Expectation win. It was both teams were 8-3 and three on the road. I, um, I think, again, the week before Tennessee caught – Tennessee caught Indianapolis without their two interior linemen, so they ran uh, King King Henry all day long. I think in this game, they turned around, wanted to stop the run, got ambushed real quick. It was 17-0, 17-3 real quick, and then they abandoned the run. I think when you 17-3, it looks bad, but it's really only two possessions. When it's the second quarter, quarter or, or still in the, the first, first quarter. Or first yeah. Quarter, yeah. You don't have but to But they abandon. brought it back, though. And that's the reason why they got back in the game. They were like, after halftime, let's go back long. to what we do Yeah, best. yeah, let's see what happens. It took happened. too long, though. Yeah, it took too long, yeah. But this is the reason why I don't trust neither one of these two teams in the playoffs. I seen it already last year with uh, Tennessee and them. Oh, you okay over there? Yeah. Uh, that's what talking that noise about. Um, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah. The ghost of McCoy. <laughs> uh, Jets uh, blew the game 31-28 to the Raiders. I had picked them, too, and I had the game one. <laughs> Um, uh, on a last second play, uh, your boy Greg Wiggins with, with an all out blitz. He did it three plays in a row. Play. I, understand, I understand putting pressure. I hate playing prevent, but with only at that time ten seconds on the clock, thirteen. At least have the one of the safeties back. Have he five brought of them everybody. Back. So and then he got fired. So I so well I, we already knew that him and Adam Gates were having their issues, but I, I it will, is what it is. I will say this: this is this is what. Made me so mad about Falcons fans not reeling why not, not not holding Dan Quinn to the fire in the Super Bowl, and and I find it surprising why you just didn't go ahead and fire everybody, uh, Gates and and um, no because Gates is the only one still trying season. to lose. You still got four games left. Yeah, Gates is still trying to lose games. If they get a win, well, you then fire that everybody. Means... You definitely secure winning all the games. No, you don't, because then the team plays well and they keep going. You don't want to do yeah, that. They're trying not to win games, right? But I will. They got to stay up with Jacksonville, who has one win, yeah. so they have to I, stay I, at zero. I, but I will say this: it went right past Adam Gates' ears three times. Yeah, because like, he why, knew. Why are you calling? Because he wanted to fire him. That you know that. He heard the play. Well, yeah, he, it was like, I'm going to let that ride. And then well, fired the man talk, He was talking to another coach. So it seemed like he just came off in waves. Is it like, wait, did he just call that? <laughs> what are you doing? And then he turns around. Raiders already snapped the ball. And, 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 I will, and I will I take away what I said about the Raiders being one year away. They two years away. And the reason why I would say that is last, last week when they got blitzed by the Falcons, I was like, you know what? They're a year away. It's hard for West Coast team to come play, especially that 1 o'clock slot. Um, and the reason why I picked the Jets to win this past week, I was like, well, the Raiders got to come back. To back across. And at 1 o'clock. And it's cold. You know, them boys in the dome, warm weather. They're not used to playing outside. Yeah. So everything was against them. But – Carr missed three passes. He like 
they call a zero blitz. But it's the Jets. Three times in a row. It's the Jets. And he missed two but out of three. But you know what? The, what they said, though, Greg um, Williams always does this on last second place. He always sends the house. So they brought in mass protection. Yeah. If you look at it, yeah. they, that which was able to allow Carr to step up and throw the pass. Uh, before we get out of here, Atlanta lost again to the Saints. This time at home, 21-16. There's nothing. Now, anybody talking about it? Now, and I like, I like Raheem, but he, I said he needs to go. And if anybody believes that he was you trying saw, to. This, this, in two weeks, they saw Taysom Hill twice. And didn't do no adjustments. Well, the defense, I got to get defense played well. It's the offense that struggled. Derek Cutter, this was the worst play calling. What was that on the lat, the, the third and two run play? They, I, listen, they had Jason <laughs> Jason Tatum threw a couple of dimes, and then I was like, this dude is throwing dimes. Ta- ta- not, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Tatum, that's what I'm going to call him because he's still Taysom, in the quarterback. Taysom Tatum. He the called him the Boston Celtics uh, <laughs> star. The tight end. For the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> ESPN like, still has him listed on their fantasy as a tight end. He was throwing yeah. dimes though. Like you, I mean, you blaming? Uh, granted, you got to score more than sixteen points, right? The defense, right. you know, holding that powerful offense to twenty-one points. I get that, but at the same time, this dude never seen the ground. He didn't see the ground. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, one time he got but hit, still, dirt when he was running the ball, dirt, dirt cut on that last. I don't know why the, the Falcons had their best offensive drive when Matt Ryan was in a no huddle hurry up. And I also will say this too. I don't understand if they, it's stagnant. Why not go to that more they often? They don't trade Julio Jones this season before people actually look at the Carfax. It's too late. He it's he, too late. He is. They need to shine him up some more and hope people don't look at the Carfax. It's too late. We got to get out of here. Follow <laughs> DNA Sports Talk on Instagram. DNA Sports Talk on Snapchat. We on Snapchat. We on Twitch now. It don't matter. I'm DNA Sports Talk on Twitch. DNA Sports Talk on Twitter. DNA Sports Talk on Instagram. Uh, reach us directly. DNA Sports Talk <laughs> at Gmail. Website. www.dnasportstalk.com. Back here next Monday. On WWE 1100 AM. See y'all next week. Peace. Welcome to DNA Sports Talk. This is Don the D and DNA. This is Ace of the A and DNA. Where we come to you live each and every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WWE AM 1100, iRadio Now, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Where we bring the facts about sports. If you don't agree, say so. Now.